Welcome to Star Trek Story, Myth, and Arcs podcast. It's five-year mission to explore Star Trek arcs and themes, seek out new story directions, and boldly tell stories that no one has told before. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Hello, Star Trek fans. As always, each episode, my intention is to explore the fundamentals of storytelling through the lens of Star Trek. My hope is that we will have fun exploring the themes while learning the lessons that we can apply to our own fiction. There's no set schedule. I'll just do one when I feel like it. So now, let's boldly go. One lesson all writers have to learn quickly is how to tell a story. Long before the show hit the air on CBS and eventually the stream of CBS All Access, the original showrunner Brian Filler wanted to make Discovery different. Fuller was a Star Trek veteran who started his career writing mostly Voyager episodes. In fact, he wrote or co-wrote 30 of them. That's a lot. At some point, I would like to do an episode about the story Fuller recently broke about the development of the two-parter You're in Hell as a radical departure that the UPN network rejected for a season-long arc. That would have ruled, by the way, and eventually we got a version of it on the third season of Enterprise. I get the feeling that CBS also rejected a lot of interesting ideas for making Discovery different and set apart in the franchise. I understand that launching a new series requires lots of key elements. You have a lot of boxes you have to tick in a pilot. I've written two unproduced pilots myself, both of which I have turned into novels. I enjoy the process so much that I often watch pilots of shows I have no intention of following through on just to see how they're constructed. You have to establish characters, setting, and in the case of Star Trek, the tone has to feel right. World building is key. It is done with a scalpel, not a hammer. The best details are the ones that are slipped in in subtle ways, and often the biggest mistakes are over-explaining and expositional dialogue. A good example of this done poorly can be found in the recent pilot of TNT's Snowpiercer, the TV show, not the movie. Characters in that show often explain things to other characters that they would already know, but they do it entirely for the benefit of the audience. It's the biggest sin of pilots. The purpose of this essay is to express why, from a storytelling perspective, Star Trek Discovery does not start until Episode 3. I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. Everyone who watches the show knows the story begins at Episode 3. There are two main points to this commentary. To explain why the episode by episode three is a better pilot to the series and in many ways makes it a superior entry storytelling wise. The first two episodes, Vulcan Hello and the Battle of the Binary Stars, are not bad exactly. They have their moments. My personal belief is the show is better if you skip it. I am going to argue that if they were never made, the show would be even stronger. The two-part pilot introduces the characters of Burnham, Giorgio, Kayla, and Saru. If, if we didn't have these episodes, only one of these characters would suffer, and that is Michelle Yeoh's Captain Giorgio. It's not easy for me to say this. Michelle Yeoh is one of my celebrity crushes for 25 years, and I first saw her in Supercop and the 1993 superhero fantasy, The Heroic Trio. The last thing I want to do is lose her introduction. 
Flashbacks are not ideal, but Captain George O could have been filled in in this way. Episode 3, Context is for Kings, was written and directed by Akiva Goldsman. This episode introduces the ship and the remainder of the crew. Really, it is hard to argue that it is not the actual pilot. The first two episodes are entirely prequels. It would be as if Deep Space Nine began with a two-part episode entirely about Sisko and his wife dying at the Battle of Wolf 359. Sticking with Trek, in a TNG context, it would be like having a two-part episode about Picard on the Stargazer before Encounter at Farpoint. The story of Discovery, as seen through the eyes of Michael Burnham, begins on that prison warp shuttle and when she is saved by Discovery. Think how many elements would work better here with the events of the first two episodes remained a mystery. The prison shuttle scene would have made a subtle but powerful opening to the story. It drops you in wondering, why are we here? Viewers will wonder why we are with these lowlifes. Can this woman really be the star of the show? It's a jarring opening that would and should shake up the Roddenberry sense of the perfect future. It also uses the first thing to establish our main character at a rock bottom. It establishes within the first few seconds a clear arc for the character. By establishing her character by the infamous nature of her crime is a powerful start. The fact is that she appears emotionless and intelligent is interesting, and if we don't know that she was raised on Vulcan, at least right away, how much more powerful would this scene be in the dining hall? If we didn't know the details, why is everyone staring at her? The actual feeling of fear would be more meaningful. The mutiny means so much more if we're having to guess or fill in the details. Your mind is more free to speculate. Did she murder a whole crew? I mean, the one prisoner mentions the number that died as a result of her actions, but we don't know if it was done directly by Burnham's actions without the prequel. We are left to wonder if she was responsible. It's way more ominous that way. We get a hint and a great and perfect place to start her origin is when Commander Landry, the security officer, says, huh, Vulcan martial arts after she fights the prisoners in the cafeteria. Learning the full facts of her upbringing um, makes sense to be introduced in the first full scene with Lorca. And again, you could do this in very subtle ways. Now, some of you might be saying that the mutiny is a part of Burnham's story. That is true. This is the story of discovery and Burnham's redemption. Some want to know these details, but the Star Wars prequels have taught us that knowing doesn't always live up to our imagination. We knew for decades that Obi-Wan fucked Anakin up so bad that he is now more machine than man. The lightsaber battle on Mustafar, the fire planet, was legendary. I like seeing the scene, but honestly, it didn't add much to the story knowing how Vader lost his limbs. And that he need it just takes away from the fact that he needs the suit and takes away the mystery of why he's in the suit. Now, it could be argued that he humanized him and added to his redemption arc, but that's a different commentary. We're not talking about that today. Also, I love the death of the shuttle pilot. Beyond setting up the need to be saved, it takes a moment to show space being scary and hard, which Trek needs to do a lot more of. The mystery of what Burnham did, the mutiny, would have been a thousand times better if we never saw it. 
I keep thinking of Escape from New York, the John Carpenter classic, which is built on the mystery and the coldness of the main character. Episode 3, Discovery, is likely influenced either directly or subconsciously by the first scenes of Escape from New York. Imagine how less cool Snake Plissken would have been if Carpenter had left the bank robbery scene of Snake getting busted in at the beginning of the film. Not only did it look cheap, but it was not important to the story and our mythology and our mythology that we imagined, which was way cooler than the scene that got cut. But imagine if there was a prequel to Escape from New York, a full two hours showing the anti-heroes fall from grace. I think Discovery suffers from doing that. As for Commander Saru, his introduction as commander, as, as a commander who knew Burnham and understands the threat is so much more powerful if we don't, don't introduce him until those moments in episode three. I love how his knowledge of Burnham makes him important to the plot of that episode. Kayla being on the bridge becomes more of a mystery and her character becomes so much more important. So let's talk for a minute about where stories should begin. There's a, a saying in Latin, in media res. It means in the middle of the narrative. One of the most important lessons I learned early on writing short stories was that I was trying too hard to set the stage. The light bulb moment for me came with a short story I wrote called Coast to Coast that's in my 2009 Wonderland Award-nominated short story collection, Screams from a Dying World. The story is about a couple driving cross-country. Cross, cross they meet aliens while listening to a broadcast of the late-night conspiracy radio show Coast to Coast AM. My first draft of the story, I started by introducing the characters, their background, how long they were married, where they grew up, and after a page and a half of info dump, I had their cassette break and they had to turn on the AM radio. What I realized when I read it back was that the story didn't start until the tape busted. I went back and looked at my first attempts at short stories, and one after another, I was writing a page and a half before the story, story would always start. So from then on, I tried to think about where the story actually begins, i.e. the action, not necessarily set up. It is my belief that Episode 3 of Discovery is an excellent start to the story, and the in-media res nature of it would have been bold storytelling choice for starting the Star Trek series. I think it would have turned off some fans, but I think the reward of telling the best story would have helped in the long run. So now... We know that there are a few Star Trek fans left that have not gotten around to watching Discovery yet, which is crazy. But my advice is to tell them to start with Episode 3. They can always go back and watch Episodes 1 and 2 later. Okay, that's it. I'm your host, David Agronoff. I do this podcast for fun. I don't expect donations or have Patreon subscribers. So if you want to support me or my projects, my novel, Goddamn Killing Machines, is on sale at the Clash Books website. And all my books are on Amazon. You can search for by my name. You can also follow me at D. Agronoff, A-G-R-A-N-O-F-F, author, on Twitter, or this podcast, at Star Trek Arcs, on both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'm an author, critic, and podcaster who writes science fiction and horror novels. At the moment, I have seven novels and two short story collections published. I was also nominated for the Wonderland and Splatterpunk Awards. My latest book is a science fiction novel called Goddamn Killing Machines from Clash Books. My most well-known novels are The Vegan Revolution with Zombies and Punk Rock Ghost Story. And they were both published by the cult horror imprint Deadite Press. 
I'm also the co-host of a podcast devoted to the works of Philip K. Dick and other Dick-adjacent new wave late 20th century science fiction called Dickheads. So check out Dickheads on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, and a few other places. Okay, so thanks for listening. See you next time.